Okay, good morning. <laughs> good morning. It's time for Coffee and Clark with uh, We Don't Want to Wait. I'm Robin. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> you know, I was contemplating whether or not I wanted to talk about it last night, but I figure we should touch on it. And then we'll back away uh, quickly. <laughs> okay. So, uh, folks, if because you... because you don't oh shoot because you don't like to talk about celebrities' personal lives. Not really, no. Because <laughs> you don't like to like gossip. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there have been some terrible things that have come out in the news about people that I'm like, oh, you're a terrible person, and I. Uh, uh, you know, and I don't mind talking about how terrible that person is, uh, but it does feel a little weird, you know, talking about that person unless they're proven guilty by any sort of court or anything other than just some newspaper or whatever. You know, uh, so what we're ta- what I'm talking around <laughs> is uh, our Miss Allison Mack has been in the news uh, recently. And uh, she is a part of some sort of group that uh, this guy, Keith Rainier, is like her spiritual advisor and acting coach. I don't know. (laughs) And uh, for some – they basically – I don't know. He he had some sort of cult or self-improvement center. (laughs) And and, uh, now there's like rumors of – cult behavior there's women that are coming to i mean there was a whole bunch that went to the new york times and uh that were in this uh group and they had been branded as like a initiation thing and some have called it like a sex cult and some have pointed at the branding and noticed that the branding looks like uh um, it's the initials KR for Keith Rainier, and if you turn it another way, you can see the initials AM for Allison Mack. Ooh. <laughs> and it's just so crazy, and uh, Allison actually hasn't talked about it openly, and honestly, the New York Times piece didn't really um, go out and say her name, but there was another uh, article from dailymail.co.uk which is you know if you go to their site it's all sorts of tabloid stuff so it's hard to believe whether or not it's true but there's mm-hmm. it's like and and uh yeah their base is like an hour away from me which i i've said on the show before that i've i've uh, seen that she's nearby and she goes to certain things that i know that are that are close to me Mm-hmm. I like this uh, place called Mass Mocha. It's kind of like an art center. Um, it's like uh, thirty minutes away from me. But um, now, was it Kristen Crook's name mentioned somewhere? Yeah, I've been hearing reports that they both were in it, and there was like a center that was in Vancouver, and that I've I've read. You know, it, it's funny. You know, people get talking um, on the internet, and then some. Some person pops up and is like, "Oh, I worked with her, and I work, you know, and I, I, I know this info, but you know, you don't know if that's valid or not either." So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I read that Kristen was a part of it, and she got out, and she might have been the one that got Allison in it, or vice versa, because they were like besties, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. See, I, you know, you, 
I think you showed it. You brought the article to my attention, and I looked at it. But like, I don't want to read. Too, I don't want to know. I don't right. want um, to know too much because I wouldn't want my uh, judgment clouded. Of, but then again, you know, like I watch Woody Allen movies. Uh-huh. I, I love, uh, you know, um, crap. Chinatown, Roma Plank, <laughs> movies, but yeah. you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't want to know too much. Yeah. I went through a period of time where I was like the art, not the artist, you know, so I, I would see Woody Allen or Roman Plants. I mean, Chinatown is probably one of my favorite movies ever, but like, I don't know, soon, soon enough, it just started really bothering me. And now all these allegations against all these other people are coming out, and it's I'm just like, well, I'm done with that person. Well, I'm done with that person. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? it was okay. It was okay when it was people that like Kevin Spacey or whatever. But now when it's got to George Takai, I'm like, what? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, who knows though? I mean, these are there's definitely people that are have been victims and victimized, you know? Yeah. And, Cause you can't say, well, I believe, I believe these <laughs> allegations about this person, but I don't believe it about that person. Yeah. You can't yeah. Really say that. Uh, you read but, that? I mean, it's, it's amazing that all of this has come. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And then yeah. all the doubters are like, so why is it all coming out now? Well, people no, are because feeling more you don't want to hear about it. You yeah. don't want to listen to it. So yeah. people have kept their mouth shut. Right. Yeah, there's an article. But anyway, read, back to. Well, I read last night that uh, uh, Gal Gadot basically said that she's not going to be a part of uh, Wonder Woman if uh, Brett Ratner's name is still on the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. That, I, that I mean, it's of, amazing that you know it's take it's taken an Israeli woman like because. You know, in Israel, women are treated differently than in the United. Like we think that we're so advanced and we're so uh, developed and we're so yeah. uh, as a country. No, other countries. Have, you know, Israel had a woman president back when we were kids. You know, it's yeah. just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gal Gadot came here and said, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, I'm not putting up with this. Oh, and they hear like Ellen Pages talk about Brett Ratner harassing her on the set of X Men Three, and Anna well, Paquin like back that I've up. Things about Brett Ratner before that whole yeah. uh, the thing about um, can't think of names today. The one that was on G Four, but now she's in the X Men movies. Oh, Olivia Munn. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, yeah, there are monsters out in the world, and definitely want to acknowledge them. But I, I would feel, I would feel weird not mentioning this whole like Allison Mack thing because yes, if she is encouraging the the victimization of uh, women or anybody really, and branding people with her initials, I I just want to say on the record that's fucked up. <laughs> but I don't, I you know. I'd like to see. I, I don't know what we do if we found out it was absolutely true. Do, I, I, I would. I think I'd still feel comfortable watching Smallville and continuing on. I'd hate to lose my favorite show. You know, I can't be like done with it. I don't know. So it, I'm just like yeah. mixed about uh, the whole thing. I mean, it just sounds like, and I, I don't know. I hate to. Just sounds like she's just as much a 
a victim. You know, she's, and that's what's so, right. so weird. I when I see things about how somebody does something awful, but they also talk somebody else into being complicit with their terribleness. That's yeah. you know, ugh, disturbing. Uh, so, um. Why don't we get started talking about Smallville then? Uh, I, I'd like to actually uh, mention that I watched the Chloe Chronicles vol- Volume Two. Speaking of Allison Mack, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just don't have the patience for it, or something. Yeah, they're very cheaply made, um, and it's very weird. Um, you know, because this is shot a different way. It's shot as if people it's shot in the like camera. A, yeah, and yeah. it's shot like a feel. It's not digital. Right, it's shot with somebody like camcorder, <laughs> yeah. And there's no score, you know. There's it's just I don't know, like it's like empty sound in the background. It's uh, I don't know, it's it's weird, but you know, it's definitely like a web series. And I never saw them before, so I really wanted to watch them when we we're going through this. So this one was weird because uh, there is like tie-ins with the comic. So I didn't quite get to the comic issues that were tied in, but it, like the the thing starts off with the last few frames of the previous Smallville comic, and then like right before the final chapter, <laughs> uh, that Chloe and Pete like f- find this lab, and then you go to the comic, and like all this huge action happens and a huge explosion. <laughs> It's like, yeah, of course, that's in the comic. And then we're back with Chloe and Pete, like, you know, they've escaped from the uh. place. And, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, uh, I didn't, I guess I don't want to talk about it too much, but there's some notes I wrote down here. Uh, AOL's You've Got Mail Sound it plays on Chloe's computer. It took me back. Um, and of course, this is like AOL sponsored. So, uh, she gets a um, an email from uh, Doctor Walsh, who is like an informant, and you know how, how like super tech people can like bounce it off of different servers, so you can't trace it. She had a quote here okay. that said, "Doctor Walsh's email touched more servers than a misogynist in a cocktail bar." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that's a quote right there." <laughs> Uh, she's got a Palm Pilot through the entire thing. She finds like a flat, like a flash drive, or like they call it a microchip, and they plug it into the Palm Pilot, and she gets like a secret message. I thought that was like funny early tech. Um, Pete in this one actually comes out behind the camera, so Sam Jones is actually in this uh, series instead of being like not talking behind the camera. So obviously not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts the camera on a tripod and he comes out in front of it. And Chloe's like, "You're gonna break continuity." And he says, "Any time for a little, anything for a little camera time for once." Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah that uh, that will that will tie in with something I want to talk about later. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a whole. Uh, oh. Another great quote that I wrote down, Chloe says, The police report detailing Sarah's disappearance was thinner than Lex Luthor's hair. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's this whole segment where her and Pete are exploring these woods. They're tracking down these GPS coordinates. And uh, they, like, Chloe, Chloe freaks Pete out by talking about Blair Witch. 
<laughs> so I thought that was the, but then like they get split up. He like wanders off, and then she's like turns the camera around on herself. She's like, "I'm not sure where Pete is. Um, this is kind of spooky, you know." I was oh. like, "Oh, you're clearly mocking, but you're I'm mocking, but you know, using that homage, homage, yeah." So, um, yeah, that that that's pretty much it. Um, it was a fun little series. Um, I'm not sure when the next. There's not a volume three, but there's a thing called uh, Vengeance Chronicles. I think is next, which is I don't think comes up till a few seasons later. So, mm. anyway, so uh, shall we talk about our first episode, Talisman? Okay. Directed by the great John Schneider. His, he did a great job. His only Smallville episode he directed. I looked up his directorial credits and he directed the series finale of Dukes of Hazard at, at age 25. What? Yep, yep. That's huge. Yeah, I was, I was expecting him to be a lot older when that show ended, but I guess not. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I knew that he had to have been really young because he's... In in Smallville, he's not that old, right? You know, and uh, he's written and directed several indie movies since, um, and many of them he stars in. <laughs> so, uh, I saw something on Sci-Fi one one day. He was in some one of those really bad Sci-Fi monster. Oh, was it a monster? Yeah, right around yeah. this time of Smallville, he actually did a TV movie called Ten Point Four, and I guess it was about you know, like your earth, standard TV movie earthquake. Earthquake movie, whatever disaster uh-huh. movie, yeah. This was something like a killer croc or something like a big alligator. <laughs> it was awful. Al Goff uh, has a quote here about this episode and John Schneider in particular. Uh, John Schneider did a good job with a not very good script. It's one of those episodes where you'd like to go back and redo it, so it's not an episode about two older men, Willowbrook and Lionel, trailing around looking for a knife. If you'd never watched the show before, you'd have no idea what they're talking about. There was no entry point to that episode. We got too mythologized, and there was nothing for a younger audience. Yeah, they're always very conscious about, like, what's the new person coming to this show going to get out of this? I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, There's, you know, the, the, who is the, who is Clark's greatest enemy? That is, that's fascinating to think about. Yeah. And uh, it's funny they they play it off, you know, like skipping all the way to the end. It, it's like if the wrong if if his greatest enemy touches the knife, uh, it will disintegrate. Mm-hmm. And so we have a scene where Lex and Lionel are reaching for the knife at the same time, and it disintegrates. So yeah. it's like, is it Lex? Or is it Lionel? Yeah, because it it keeps up that that main point of. Is Lionel is uh, is Lex good or bad? Lex can right. go. He can be good. He can be bad. Is he going to be Clark's worst, greatest enemy? And mm-hmm. when's it going to happen? And, I mean, like we know it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, but he's like Luther. I will point out something uh, that I'm not sure if they intended, but it is an interesting bit of continuity. Uh, um, so we, you know. We don't know because they both touch the knife and it disintegrates. But mm-hmm. um, Jeremiah is about to uh, sacrifice uh, Lionel Luther. <laughs> um, and he's got the knife over his head. And it's just like this normal knife. And then he fights with Clark. And the knife ends up like landing nearby 
uh, Lionel. And then Lex comes onto the scene, and he's trying to mm-hmm. untie his father, and the knife starts glowing. So the knife wasn't glowing before Lex was there. Uh, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of this reminded me of uh, The Golden Child. You ever seen The Golden Child? Eddie Murphy? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know that segment where he's like, I, I, I want the knife. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I called this... I called this kid in my notes Jeremiah Coleslaw. <laughs> His name's Jeremiah Hol- Holdsclaw. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can tell he's very, um, v- very. Uh, he's a, a talented martial artist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very uh, nimble, and it's really cool to see him jump around and. Spin and do yeah, cool stuff. He's like a Native American version of Clark in this episode, uh, because you know he starts off with the glasses, and then he gets the powers, and then I don't know. It's just the, the way he looks. He's got that short, like he's got hair like Clark. And yeah, he's got know, shaggy he's, hair. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. noticed that too. <laughs> um, and so I mean, what do you think about all this? Uh, Kawachi stuff. Like, are you enjoying the myth, the myth of Naman and Sugi? I don't really. I mean, I guess they're they're tying it together with the. Um, we know that Jarrell was here before. Yeah. Because before it just like I, it didn't make any sense, but I guess it's making more sense now that we know more about it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean. And Jarrell was using a already um, established, you know, path to Earth, um, and uh, so somebody must have been here before him. Even he was uh, mm. th- that was the whole go sow your sow your wild oats, Jarrell. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um. So uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, I thought you'd enjoy this. Uh, th- so. Uh, we start getting the Talon being sold in this episode. Yes. yes. <laughs> Where uh, Mrs. Monroe from, yeah, from you got Hellcats yes. comes in as the real estate agent. And, oh, I know this is tacky. Uh, <laughs> this faux Egyptian decor is terribly tacky. <laughs> it is. It is terribly tacky. Thank you, Mrs. Monroe. And it said she's like somebody says it again later, uh, or maybe in the next episode. How tacky the Egyptian decor is! It is. It's tacky. <laughs> I mean, it's not just the Egyptian. It's the colors and everything. It's the whole uh-huh. thing. It's like wait, it's so over, overdone. Mm. But I'm glad somebody's finally said it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. And yeah, yeah, again, Lex and Lana here. I don't know. Talk very close. Uh huh. Getting very close. He's playing this whole like, you know, like he's first, he's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't interested in a coffee shop. I invested yeah, in the town for you. Yeah, coffee shop's a terrible investment. Yeah, you're the best partner I've ever had. Yeah. You're leaving and irreplaceable. So why hold on to something that's over? <laughs> That sounds like a boyfriend to me. <laughs> but then he like encourages her to go. It's like she I don't know, he's playing like tough love with her. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's totally, but it you know it's it it's just their the relationship is developing more. Mm-hmm. Are you the girl who goes to Paris? I'm the girl that goes to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Oh, uh, we see John Glover's ripped body in this episode. He's <laughs> holy cow! He's getting his ribs bound up. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I was like, wow, that guy's been lifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, he could have been doing one of those things where actors, like, go pump weights off camera and, like, we rolling, we rolling? Okay. And they're oh, all, definitely. like, jacked yeah. up, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, more trivia for you. John Glover found it interesting being directed by his fellow actor. Because our characters are such rivals, there were certain choices he made as director that I could see he was making more as Jonathan Kent than John Schneider. I'll explain what I mean. There was a scene when I went to the university to talk with the professor, and they had a car waiting for me. They rented a huge stretch limousine. I kept thinking that Lionel wouldn't ride in them. I see Lionel as being powerful, but without having to be flashy. But John was dwelling on Lionel's power. It was little differences like that which made it interesting, because I could see he was seeing Lionel from Jonathan's point of view, and I'm sure I would do the reverse if I was directing the episode. Lionel would not drive himself. <laughs> yeah, you Lionel see Lionel pulling up in a Prius. <laughs> no, Lionel would not drive his own vehicle. That's just like when he, uh, you know, pointed the gun at his at himself. Mm-hmm. I thought Lionel is too arrogant to think that he would ever die. Right. Oh. Um. Oh yeah. So. The whole thing with the... I, I, I love the last scene with... Um, oh, yeah, that, there it is. Uh, there was a deleted scene. You know how um, uh, Lex, uh, Lana told Lex that Chloe and her father were going to run it? And that just yeah. kind of seemed out of the blue. There was a deleted mm-hmm. scene where Chloe shows up and Lana's like, I don't know what I'm going to do, yada, yada. And Chloe's like, well, me and my dad are going to take over, you know? And he, she's like, where are you going to get the money for it? And she's like, I'll borrow it from Lex. <laughs> I'm, sure he'll, I'm sure he'll give us a loan to help keep the keep it in business. And we'll, it'll, it'll be here waiting for you when you get back. And, uh, you know, that's the whole thing where Lana doesn't want to be – she wants to pull off roots. She doesn't want to, like, be like – have this safe place to come back to. Uh-huh. So that's why she's like, I'm the girl who goes to Paris. But um, – in the deleted scene where she's offering to take it over, she's like, I'll keep it the same, right down to the tacky Egyptian decor. Ah. <laughs> so that's that's the other line I was thinking of, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this... Oh, never mind. I'll, that's next season. Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a couple more weeks of this. Hopefully you haven't watched any more. <laughs> no, I, not so far. We watched Stranger Things last night. Yay! But, uh, okay, go ahead. I think it's in the next episode that I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, well, I wanted to mention the very Lex Luthor scene at the end. We kind of mentioned it, but uh, when Lex shows up to the loft and uh, says, you know, if Naman existed, he could rule the world with his powers. Um, but, you know, maybe Sagith is actually the true hero for keeping Naman in check. Yeah. <laughs> Which Very is so Lex Luthor. Like, yeah, Lex Luthor thinks he he is the hero. Yep, he's t- protecting. He wants to put up a wall, you see, from these uh, <laughs> alien intruders. 
Uh, Al Goff was particularly pleased with the final scene. I think people will talk about this scene because it's the perfect supervillain justification. You think you're the good guy. Lex makes a good point. If an alien comes to Earth, whoever had to deal with that person would be a hero. It's how he justifies things to himself. Mm-hmm. Yep, we didn't get the emotional Lana and Clark scene. We got the Lex and Clark scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was another thing in my book. I won't read it, but Greg Beeman was talking about how, like, at the end of season three, he's glad that things kind of get shaken up, you know, uh, with questionable Chloe fates, with Lana leaving, with Pete leaving. We'll talk about all that, but he's like, he wants to avoid the formula. He wants to avoid the actors getting settled and say, okay, well, this is the loft scene at the end. We're See, that's have... what I was that's what I was wondering. I was wondering yeah. did they intentionally say, Okay, three seasons of this is enough. Let's shake it up, yeah. let's change things, let's do something different. They definitely have that in mind for sure. Um oh gosh, there's so many other things in this episode. <laughs> there's another gigantic deleted scene that was deleted, that was taken out. This is funny, you know, because John Schneider, like, filmed all this stuff, and uh, they they said, you know, they couldn't fit it all in, you know? Um, but, yeah, did you notice when Lex was talking to Lana, you, maybe you don't remember this, but when Lex was talking to Lana about uh, the Talon at the mansion, it looks like they're setting up for something in the background. <laughs> um, it turns out that this is a surprise birthday party for Clark. And... Um, there's this whole like long deleted scene. Everybody in the cast is at the Luther Mansion, and uh, this is all when um, Jeremiah is fighting Clark in the barn. And that's why nobody's at the at the Kent farm because his parents, Lex, Pete, Chloe, um, and other various people are at the Luther Mansion, uh, ready to surprise him when he comes. I don't know if he got called to the mansion or what, but um, they turn the lights out. And um, what you think what's his silhouette shows up in the door and they flick on the lights. They go, surprise. And it's actually Jeremiah standing there. And uh, Jonathan and Martha both are like, Clark, what happened with Clark? And Jeremiah is there to tell Lex that he wants to know where Lionel is. And he notices that Lex is being kind of protective of Lana. So Jeremiah like zips past Lex and throws Lana, like holds her up by her neck against a wall and threatens to kill her if Lex doesn't call his father and get his location. And so there's this whole thing where Lex gets on the phone and he's like, dad, you know, uh, where, where are you? And, and Lionel is in the back of his limo and, uh, and he's like, Oh, I'm just turning into this such and such road. And uh, so it kind of explains how, how he finds him on the road that night. Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, so Jeremiah zips off after him and Lex immediately is like, dad, it's a trap. Get out of there. And it, and all of a sudden, like we flipped to the scene where Lionel, the limo's pulling over and he's like, Danny, why are we stopping? And that's where it picks up from. That's how he found him. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's like this long scene too. It's crazy. That they cut it all out, but I guess they felt like, well, whatever, he found him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. It was a whole huge banner that said, happy birthday, Clark. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so, uh, and, and, and so, yeah, Clark gets stabbed by uh, Palak the Starblade. <laughs> um, and Jonathan has healing powers all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Clark's like dying in the kitchen floor. Yeah. And uh, Martha and Jonathan come home and find him, and it was a it was a serious scene. That was a good scene. <laughs> Martha like slips in his blood. It's like pretty yeah, pretty scary, yeah. And then you find out that they were like they like stayed with him all night in that entryway, like with blankets mm-hmm. on them. And uh, it's funny when Clark gets up, he's all healed. He like he's like I have to go stop Jeremiah. And for some reason, Jeremiah has kept Lionel in the woods all night long <laughs> to prepare mm-hmm. to sacrifice him <laughs> for no reason at all. But, like, he throws the red blanket aside as he's getting up, and mm-hmm. it looks like a big cape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it was like. Everybody has these bright red blankets. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but we you get that a- deleted scene that you talked about. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. That no, deleted please. scene where... Uh, Jeremiah, it sounds like Jeremiah in the uh, doorway looking like Clark. That's that's pretty cool how yeah. just a, another uh, reference to how Jeremiah and Clark are uh, two sides of one coin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What, it, it's, it's the classic Smallville, what if Clark did this? This is what Clark would be like, you know? So what mm-hmm. if Clark really bought into this Naman thing and, mur- and realized he had to, like, murder Sagith. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <clears throat> well, we got a pretty cool super fight, too. Like, they're, like, fighting with trees. <laughs> so, I like that. Uh, yeah, that was great. I think that's all the... Oh, Pete's... We start finding out that Pete's parents are getting divorced. Oh, this is where Chloe finds him asleep in the Talon... Yeah. Uh, not Talon. The Torch office. Yeah, apparently they filmed all those scenes for Legacy, and it was supposed to be in, that plot was supposed to be in Legacy. But then they realized that they were going to touch on this in Legacy, and then like a couple episodes later, uh, people are going to totally forget about it, and then you know, in Forsaken when Pete's leaving, it's not going to make any sense. <laughs> so they decided to take it out of Legacy and plug it into this episode. Mm. What a mess this episode is, though. It's crazy. Like, all these deleted scenes taken out and scenes put in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this season, I don't know. I don't know. It's just okay. Okay. It's okay. Especially, and we'll get to the finale. The finale isn't that big, bombastic finale that we're using. Right. Oh, gosh. Wait till you see season four finale. (laughs) Okay. So are you okay. – you've watched eight episodes of season four. Are you liking that season better than uh, what you've seen in season uh, three? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you don't have to talk specifically. Just yes or no. Uh, I, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's different. It's different. It's very, very different. Yeah. All right. And well, I'm just trying to – and I'm giving myself more of a chance to get used to the change. Okay. Well, watching them all over with me and discussing them all with me (laughs) will maybe help or make it worse. I don't know. Uh, Best needle drop of this episode is Rachel Yamagata's uh, song, Reason Why. It's during the whole I'm the girl who goes to Paris um, Mm -hmm. scene. It's a A sweet little song. Yeah, very WB song. uh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like like the two uh, songs that I have, it's, there wasn't many needles drops because it was all very like either like opera or classical music or like just you know good Mark Snow score. There wasn't a lot of uh, yeah. See, that's drops. 
that's another thing. Like, there's no great songs anymore. The the yeah. the, the songs are. It's like they've cut the budget for the music. Yeah, it's true. There's, you know, earlier in the seasons, I would be like, oh, it's that song. Oh, it's that song. Or, yeah, or it's a popular just, song. You know, the songs are more featured, and now it's mm-hmm. more like that song like for English. that one moment. And that's how I, that's why it sticks to me because it's a part of that one moment. But it's uh-huh. not like, it's like one an episode maybe now. <sighs> But yeah, this was actually this needle drop was my hundredth song on my uh, Robin Smallville playlist on Spotify. Wow! Uh, free for anybody to follow. <laughs> <laughs> I have it actually gets up to one hundred and one. Um, I think for the next up, no, no, this season finale. Want to talk about Forsaken, the one where Emily Dinsmore returns, and we're reminded why Lionel needs to be taken down and needs to go to prison because he's doing all these. Cloning things and stuff. Did you forget about Emily? It actually hasn't been a long time with our binge watching. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally forgot about it. So now she's all grown up and she could go walk through walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, We kind of start off uh, the episode with uh, Lana um, and... Basically, uh, Clark showing up at the mansion, and Lana and Lex have been talking about going her going to Paris, and then Lex gives her oh, kind yeah. of a, him kind of a speech about like move forward or like step go. aside. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Clark was like, "Oh, uh, I'm interrupting something." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, have a kind of a nice uh, summary of Lana's storyline here by Al Goff, just talking about it. He says, during the third year, Lana spent the first third trying to understand Clark and waiting for him to come around. Then the second Mm -hmm. third, she was in this not very good relationship with Adam. And then the final part was her deciding, I'm not going to define myself with a guy. I want to see what else is out there. She was trying to expand her horizons. A small town girl leaving the small town, thinking she's leaving these problems behind her. Of course, when she gets there, they come back in in, in an even better way. Um... Spoilers. Uh, I think Lana's arc in the third year was very good. The Clark-Lana relationship elements become a little stale, but she's the only normal character on the show, a normal teenage girl. Clark does all these things to her, and the audience understands why, because they're in on the secret and she's not. She reacts perfectly normally to a guy Mm -hmm. who's one minute the nice guy, and the next is a motorcycle-riding jerk. (laughs) All these things happen she can never understand, and he never tells her. So, yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, she. I can. I, I'm totally on board with that. She yeah. is. We know what's going on. She doesn't know, and she is so confused. And it's and she has behaved appropriately right. for somebody who is like, uh, this guy likes me. I like him. Why? What's the problem? What is he keeping from me? Why does he mm-hmm. feel that he could tell Pete something and not me? You know, it's mm-hmm. very weird. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of notes for this. Um, yeah, well, it's just the, the hook of, um, Lex gave Lana a first class plane ticket to Paris and she can leave whenever she gets ready and she tells people she's going on Saturday, but she could go earlier and, oh yeah, uh, uh, what's the girl's name? Emily, Emily, you know, 
takes her and kidnaps her and hides her at her house and everybody's like oh it tells people oh lana left already and everybody's like oh i guess she left already yep yeah (laughs) so they're not worried about her yeah clark is a little upset but he isn't like oh she's kidnapped yeah yeah, oh she didn't tell me she was leaving oh well lana hates goodbyes yeah (laughs) and yeah clark is like oh she doesn't she maybe she's just so upset with me that she didn't want to drag it out so Mm -hmm. yeah you said takes her to her house it's not really her house um i i'm not even sure where they are um and how the heck she set up that glass cage like Mm -hmm. i have no idea what's going on where where they are i thought it was because clark googled uh the dinsmore farm oh really is dinsmore farm still like I guess I guess uh, the father was still alive at, at the time. He was not even more. <laughs> oh, the poor janitor. <laughs> um, yeah, she's getting in the habit of mola ramming people. <laughs> Which, uh, of what mola ramming? <laughs> what does, what's that mean? <laughs> You've seen Temple of Doom, right? Yes. Mo- mola ram pulls the hearts out of uh, ah. people being sacrificed. <laughs> uh. I've also seen it on Supernatural, I think. Or True Blood. Maybe they did it on True Blood. Yeah, yeah. They did a lot of that on True Blood, yeah. Nothing Uh, new under the sun. That glass cell, by the way, is a leftover set from Birds of Prey. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Man, that show was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's too bad, too, because it, it had potential... It, I love oh, Ashley you could, Scott. Yeah, you, you could do it very well, but they did not. Right. It was oh, so cheap. Oh my gosh. There is a creepy deleted scene for this episode where uh, Lionel and uh, uh, Pete Dinsmore, the father, are talking in Emily's little cell slash bedroom about where Emily might have gone and what's going on with her. But the scene starts out with Lionel... Uh, with his face up near the glass of a bunny cage, and he's and he just says with his line of voice, "Hello, little bunny," and taps on the glass. <laughs> it's so I wish it was stated in the episode because it's so weird. It's just this is horrible, monstrous Lionel Luther like looking at a little bunny like a like a wolf or something. That's awesome. I would love to see that. Hello, that little awesome. bunny. Um. <laughs> Yeah. That is a good actor when you can take something as mundane as that and just <laughs> mean it. You know, yeah, that's a good actor. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of like how he thinks of uh, Emily as as property and not as a person. And mm. so it's no wonder that uh, Emily turns into Tina Greer in this episode. <laughs> And, and this actress, she's, she hasn't been in a lot of stuff, but she should be in, like, horror movies all the time because she's got yeah. spooky eyes. Yeah, even, like, pictures of her. You know, yeah. she just, she's got that head tilted down and her eyes looking up. Just, ugh. It belongs to Lana. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the talent is going to be turned into a burrito bar. <laughs> I wonder how it would do with uh, faux Mexican decor. <laughs> um, oh Pete I had to write one of his lines down I hate to agree with Uncle Fester Oh yeah 
So Clark decides that he's going to tell Lana now. He's going to tell her tell her a secret because oh, he doesn't want her to where, leave. This is where he asks her to dinner. Yeah. She and he has it all set up, and she doesn't show up. And that's when yeah. th- he's told that she left already. Ugh. And it's just Clark. Come on, man! You could have told her before. Mm-hmm. Like now, it's all about making sure she stays, and it's it's kind of like all about him, you know. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. Maybe he just wants her to know before she. I think obviously, I think he's motivated by her staying, but I don't know. Um, we find out Agent Loader is switches sides back and forth. Um. He's working for Lionel. He's working for Lex. I guess you understand yeah. most. Yeah. So he takes Pete out to the docks <laughs> yeah. and threatens him to, to try to get information on Clark. Yeah, he beats him. And then Lex shows he, – he beats him up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's weird. And then – okay, so is this where Lex – where Lionel rips open Lex's shirt and reveals that Lex is wearing a wire? Yeah, that's earlier in the episode, yeah. So I think I said that yes last last week. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, that, that's when he he's like uh, Lex saying like, "Hey, you know, I'm doing this because you blamed all these murders on me. You know, my made it my responsibility, and you know, the FBI was coming after me. I had to protect myself. And yeah, you Lex- taught me to protect myself. Yeah." And Lionel's like, oh, you know, it's just another thing. You know, I, I, I was being a mentor to you. You know, you being going through these things. It's like, dude, how is blaming a bunch of murders on your son, like, being fatherly in the least? <laughs> and then, yeah. Because, because Lionel can justify everything that he does. Yeah. So Lionel is, like, looking into Clark and Pete. He's got the got Loader looking after that. And interesting. Um, and so, it's so bad that uh, Chloe again goes to Lex and tells him fills in the blanks for him, and uh, and again asks for his protection because the last time she asked, he forgot about it. <laughs> but and there's this whole thing where like I had this taped confession, but it was erased. But little does Lionel know there are logs that are kept. <laughs> So she's able to get like a piece of paper that says Lionel's confession. Yeah, <laughs> like a transcript. It's like really <laughs> convenient. And uh, Pete proves to be way too trusting when Loader is uh, telling him, "Oh, come with me." <laughs> okay, he pulls him over and he's just like, "You need to get out of your car and come with me." It's like I don't know. He should have used his race car skills and got out of there. Well, it's the FBI. What are you going to do? You think that... Yeah. You know. I don't know. Um, but Lex saves him. I don't know how Lex finds them, but he does. <laughs> Probably in a deleted scene, it's explained. It's, yeah, there's nothing. Maybe not one on the DVD. So when Pete gets to the... gets Lex gets uh, Pete released. Uh, Pete goes back to Kent Farm and uh, tells Clark. It warns him that, you know, Lex and Lionel are both interested in him for some reason. And uh, um, he's not going to be able to stay in Smallville because Clark won't be able to save him all the time. And that keeping a secret is hard. 
and he never yeah. Yeah, saw him be betrayed him. <laughs> yeah, he said that it's harder than he thought it was going to be. He's tired of tired of it, so he's Clark moving to like, Wichita oh, man, with his mom. Does it mean you're leaving? You know, <laughs> oh. And there's this like tearful goodbye hug, and I'm I don't know, you know, I'm not very attached to Pete, but I was I was tearing up a little bit. I was like, oh man, Pete. Um, uh, I have another piece of trivia about that. Uh, Al Goff acknowledges that with everything else going on in the episode, Pete's leave taking of Clark was wasn't perhaps weighted with as much importance as it should have been. It wasn't meant to feel like a footnote, but it does a bit. Pete deserved a better send-off. We think that Sam is a terrific actor, but we felt the character had played its course. We decided it was time. We didn't want to cl- kill Pete, obviously, so he's out there and available to guest star and be available for a plot line. Yeah, see... Yeah, I was wondering, because... Skip it ahead. Yeah. Well, we'll just put a pin in this. Just We'll just keep going, and then I'll come back to this. Okay. Are we finished with um, for, Forsaken? Forsaken. Is that, this episode? Is that <laughs> yeah. what this episode is? Okay. Yeah, uh, let me see. Well, I mean, fire up the opera. This is when uh, Lex finally gets payback and Lionel is arrested. And then Lionel reminds him, you know, Judas hung himself with his own rope. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's a. Uh, Emily gets an, it gets stopped by a water tower. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to run through the water. That was very cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Because effects. Clark's so smart because he's thinking ahead. Yeah, he wasn't just he didn't want to hurt her by shooting her with his, you know, laser beams, but uh, his fire eyes. But uh, he thought ahead of what and uh, he he burned the legs of the water tower so it would break and. Yeah, and the water would rush down on her, and she was trying to run through it and couldn't. So you know, your thought, you, you think to yourself, okay, well, so what happened to her? And Clark like tells Lana that she she was brought to Belrive and then she escaped, and who knows where she is now? So she's out there <laughs> somewhere. Uh, spoiler alert: we never hear of her again. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully, she has a great life. <laughs> uh, and there's and and it's that scene where. Lana's like, you wanted to tell me something? And he's like, he just stops and he like gives her a kiss on the cheek and says, have a great time in Paris. Clark, God damn it. But, you well, know. the time had, pa- like, the moment had passed. And it was right after the Pete talking about how hard it was for him and why he's leaving. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, now we know Clark's not going to tell Lana. Yeah, it's never, ever going to happen. Yeah. And... Then when she goes to leave, there is no music. There is no music. Yes, that's right. I noted that too. Silence. Like you can hear her steps walking down the steps. Mm-hmm. It, it's over. The end. No loft hit for this one. No. <laughs> that was very effective. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely dug that. I don't have any needle drops for this episode, obviously. My needle drop is the silence of Lana leaving. <laughs> you want to talk about Covenant? Uh, yeah, let's or, talk about Covenant. <laughs> the one where Jonathan has to pay up. And uh, just so you know, this episode was followed by the series finale of Angel. <laughs> oh, wow. So big night on the WB. So, Adrian Palicki. Yay! First TV appearance. Ever? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, she was I just remember in a, her. She was in Supernatural after this. Was she? Yeah, she was uh, Sam's girlfriend. Oh, right. She was in the pilot. Was it the pilot? Yeah. She, is she the one that gets burned alive on the ceiling? Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, she does because it's like a, it's like his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two years later, she's on Friday Night Lights. That's when I started paying particular attention to her. Um, mm-hmm. She's also involved in a couple other DC projects. She was on the pilot for the TV show Aquaman, which uh, never what? made it. What? I was like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, it's called uh, Mercy Reef, and it starred Justin Hartley and Adrian Palicki. And the pilot is out there, and I think when we get around to uh, the appropriate time, I th- I'm, I'm thinking we're going to need to watch that, because uh, just to see... Like the Smallville people trying to set up an Aquaman story, you know. Um, so, so Justin Hartley plays Aquaman. Yeah. Yep. That's and weird. Uh, now, what- you know, Justin Hartley from This Is Us. You know, nothing else important mm. about him. <laughs> huh? What year? What year? Oh okay. uh, gosh, I don't know. I um, I can look it up. Like a couple of years after this episode. Yeah, I was I was thinking about watching it uh, right around when it uh, right around when it was uh, supposed to air, um, okay. which is oh darn it, where's the date on this thing? Two thousand six. I can't even imagine. How do you do an Aquaman television show? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so Arthur A. C. Curry. <laughs> Is a young man who lives in a beachside community in the Florida Keys who learns about his powers and destiny as Prince of Atlantis. So it's not like Aquaman is like raised under the sea like Ariel, you know. He's he's just this normal kid, you know, like Clark maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he finds out that uh, he's uh, he's the Prince of Atlantis. So it's got um, it's got Justin Hartley, it's got Lou Diamond Phillips, it's got Ving Rhames. Um, and Adrian Palicki, um, hmm. and we will uh, we will talk about that. I think when we cover the fifth season, um, there is probably a good place to tie that in, and I won't say anything more about that. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah, Adrian Palicki is in that. She also was was in another failed DC pilot. Do you remember what that was? No, I have no idea. Wonder Woman. David E. Kelly's Wonder Woman. Remember that? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, it was a pilot. Uh, it, it, of uh, done by David E. Kelly, who did Alec McBeal. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can Google that. Yeah, Wonder Woman TV series. So yeah, this was a uh, never aired television pilot done by. Uh, WB and DC and they were supposed to have it on NBC. Its opening theme was I only know how to I only know how to love by Christina Aguilera. <laughs> and it starred Adrian Palicki, Carrie Elwes, Elizabeth yeah. Hurley, Edward Herman. Yep. And so um Pedro Pedro, <clears throat> Pedro Pascal. Oh yeah. Carrie Elwes. 
So, yeah. Um, this was really messed up because, you know, we have we have Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman and her secret identity is being in charge of Themyscira Industries uh, as uh, and and like do it, like running in an office and stuff like that, and uh, so you'd have all sorts of uh, office hijinks or whatever. <laughs> and like you'd also have Supergirl, like Supergirl, yeah. <laughs> uh, after watching the pilot, television critic Alan Sepinwall described it as embarrassing. It was all I had feared and more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it 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 turned out pretty bad, and. Uh, NBC decided not to buy it. So, yeah. So anyway, Adrian Palicki is in this episode of Smallville. <laughs> uh, she's like an angel. She's she very is. angelic. She speaks very softly and slowly. Uh, but you know, she's serious. She's very serious about being Kryptonian and like that. Got that whole like emotionless Kryptonian thing. Kind of talks to uh, humans like they're lesser. Um, <laughs> yeah, like her and Clark are, you know, superior beings. Yep. And I, I wrote down. And oh, go ahead. It's Ka- it's Kara. Yeah, Kara from Krypton, which is so it's Supergirl. That's what it seems to be. As a matter of fact, when Lana's like, "Who's that?" He's like, "My cousin." <laughs> but it's yeah. weird because she's his cousin in the comics They're- and on Supergirl, but like. There seems to be she. She seems she's like we got to procreate, you know. <laughs> like a, yeah, we got to be together. There, there are like three times I've wrote down like "Come with me, Kal-El, and I wrote "Oh, okay," <laughs> because she's so gorgeous, <laughs> and Clark's just like, "We must preserve our race." Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I, that, I was. It was very confusing. Because I was like, are they gonna? I thought they were cousins, but they're supposed to have sex. Like he's supposed to, he's supposed to be attracted to her, or are they supposed to be cousins? I'm, I'm confused. I don't know how to feel about this. Kryptonian inbreeding keep the race going. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down greetings, Kent. Do you have a flannel I might borrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she totally annihilates that SUV that she runs into at the beginning of the episode, and there's like zero mm. consequence to that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, who were those people? Was, was that a family she just murdered? <laughs> and, uh... And, like, later on, didn't she send Loder, like, into the... What did she do with Loder? Oh, yeah, she, like, vaporized his car with him in it, which is not a Kryptonian power that I know of. <laughs> yeah. But she seems to have all the other ones, you know, super strength and, uh, I think heat vision, and she can fly. Uh, that's another thing. Another cheat. Uh-huh. Because they're flying. They're, like, levitating. <laughs> and he said, how did you do that? And she said, well, you'll be able to do this, too. You're doing it, too. You're doing and it, too. To yeah. Do- yeah. I- so I thought he wasn't supposed to fly. I wrote, I can't fly. Alan Miles told me I can't. <laughs> 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 oh, I wrote hashtag Clex at the beginning. I don't know why. Was there... Was there a good Lex and Clark scene at the beginning? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Clark is mad at Lex. Well, that's later. But, Um, like, Lex, 
yeah, Lex is like, Clark offers to testify. Lex guesses that Clark hid the knowledge of Lionel's murder of his parents, and Clark says he was concerned about Lex and he didn't want Lex to be hurt or killed. And there was, it's like this whole like anguish scene between them. And it's like, and Lex like accepts his apology, you know, for not telling him. Uh, but yeah, they must have had like they must have been either really close or they must have uh, just been giving each other longing looks. That's why. Yes, they that were <laughs> they were having a, a a couple's fight. They really were. I was yeah. like, this is, you know. Uh, later, Lex visits Lytle in jail, and Lytle literally says, "This might have been better with a string quartet." Like, oh yeah, like every other Luther scene. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Kara tells Jonathan he broke the covenant and uh, he's now got to return Clark to Jorel with her. And uh, Martha is like, feels completely betrayed by Jonathan. I love that uh, Schneidy and Nettie get something to chew on here. They have a nice scene between each other, like <laughs> bellowing at each other, you know. But uh, it was good. Um, oh, Jonathan Kent and the torch. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, he takes the cup, the teacup. Miss to... Mars, can you take my case? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To Chloe yeah. to have the DNA. They find out that Kara is actually a girl that was in a car accident near the caves. Yeah, like seven years ago or something. Her name's Lindsay Harrison. And this is another thing that's kind of... Uh, Oh, no, not seven years ago. She was killed the day of the meteor shower. So, 16 years ago or something? I forget what the time timeline is. Um, or, yeah. 11? 89 to 2005? 4? Uh, math is 15, 16 years? 15? Yeah. <laughs> so... That's an interesting tie-in with the Supergirl um, story because, um, as as she says uh, in the opening titles, my pod got knocked off course, which meant that even though when they left Krypton, she was older, she was a young, like a, a preteen, and Clark was a baby, because she got knocked off course when she shows up on Earth, Clark is already older. Um, and, uh, yeah, in this, it seems like she came from Krypton and was in, you know, was in deep freeze until, uh, until Jor-El awakened her. But actually it was this poor innocent girl that, uh, somehow Jor-El got into the caves when the meteor shower happened. Don't ask me how, but. Yeah, I was, I was just very fuzzy on that. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. This finale was just weird. Yeah. Uh, and so they they have Lionel's court case, court, uh, court hearing. He goes to trial. They have his um, trial. That's what I'm trying to say. Not before uh-huh. Clark sees the room. Clark goes to visit Lionel, and Lionel oh. gives him the key. And Clark sees the room, the creepy room. Okay, then then Clark goes back to Lex and says, I thought you'd stopped investigating me. Yep. And you were supposed to be my Lex. friend all this time. Yeah. 
and like I say, because it's like he's like, no, no, this room is like about me. <laughs> but and is like, you know, how many times he's almost died. But yeah, Clark is pretty pissed and tells him after the trial, this friendship is over. Over. Yeah, because he walks through the courthouse. Just he didn't dress up for court. He just wore his regular <laughs> blue shirt and red jacket. Well, what Jeez. do you expect? You know, to court. And Chloe was all dressed up, looking professional and everything. Yeah, so Clark's supposed so to wear Chloe, his prom tux. <laughs> so Chloe uh, testified, I guess, with the uh, transcript from the voicemail. Yep. And Clark test. What did Clark testify? That oh gosh, Clark- I oh yeah that he was even though it didn't actually happen uh, in the episode Asylum he saw Lionel order uh, Lex to be you know get his brain electric- electrocuted or whatever oh uh, okay which is to make him forget that you know he knew the that Lionel murdered his parents oh okay. Yeah, so we weren't sure what Clark was going to say when he got on the stand. Yep. Because he was mad at he's mad at Lex. Lana then shows, it came out that Lionel goes to prison. Yep. Lana shows up at the farm. Um, I wrote Lana just got out of the shower. Oh, she had that crazy hair. <laughs> she did. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's Lana's truck again. But yeah, her hair was like, she just towel dried it and ran out the door. Yeah, she was like, "I'm not a, I'm not a little small town Kansas girl anymore. I'm going to Paris, so I have to yeah. have different hair." Yeah, it's not going to be straight and prim. It's not going to be pink barrettes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh yeah, before the was it before? Yeah, it was before the trial. Um, we have the scene where. Lana goes to the airport and she's looking around and it turns out Lex showed up to say goodbye to her. Mm. And um and before he goes to the to court and then across the street there's there's Clark holding a white rose and uh and of course my best needle drop is in this in this song in this scene um Mindy Smith's one moment more. Um whenever I hear it it's just so Sad, uh, and then Lana like gets a glimpse of Clark, and then runs across the road, and a ca- of course cars go by, and he's gone, and there's only the rose just laying there on the sidewalk. So, yeah, the song's like, "No, please don't go," <laughs> and yeah, perfect. So, uh, yeah, uh, the trial happens, this friendship's over, and then back at the farm. Um, Kara and Clark have to leave and Jonathan shows up to tell shows up in the caves to tell because yeah Clark is like Pete's gone Lex has betrayed me Lana's gone you know what what's left you know besides my parents (laughs) so might as well you know save my dad by going yeah because he I'm sorry what he might as well save you know save my dad by going into the, in, into the caves and leave with oh Kara. yeah because he says yeah Kara said that all my friends would betray me yep yeah and uh, we get some Terrence Stamp here and I uh, he 
strangles Jonathan with a rope of energy, <laughs> and so it makes Clark go into the light with. Uh, actually, uh, Jorel like vaporizes uh, uh, poor poor Lindsay Harrison here, and then Clark goes into the light by himself. Or he, actually, he's like and Cal sucked in there. Reborn. <laughs> yes, like all his molecules get sucked into the wall. And that's when we get the Godfather ending. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite Lionel Luther quotes is simple, do it. <laughs> ah, oh, that's so good. Where he gets his head shaved. Because oh. you're like, is he going to get tattooed? Nope. <laughs> oh, I've got some trivia for you. <laughs> do what? I have some trivia for you about that whole amazing scene. It's just like one of the best scenes in Smallville is that. That freaking scene um, That was a fantastic last five minutes Al Goff says That was John Glover's idea He was doing a play in Philadelphia for the summer And needed to cut his hair And said What if we did it in prison on the show We were looking for that device to cut back to While all these other things were happening That look he gives at the end is just priceless He's bald and looks like Lex Luthor from the comic books It was a great send off of the season And allowed us to come back in season four And really shake it up Um and John Glover says, a lot of it came from the fact that I've never played a part for so long. I'm used to doing a lot of theater, and even within the theater, a lot of repertory. So I go from one character one night to another character the next night. Um, when they told me I was going to prison, I just thought it could bring out a different aspect of Lionel. We're going to season four, so I thought it could liven things up a bit. So, yeah. The yeah, haircut. I felt like... It, it, this this finale, although it was very low key, it was uh, a feeling of this is we're sh- we're 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 change, uh, These storylines are being are we're done with, yeah. with this, and it's going to be a different, sh- it's very different next next season. Okay, Chloe and her dad go into. Uh, <laughs> Protective custody. Protective custody. Okay, so going back to Pete. Yes. Lana's Lana's going to Paris. Pete's going to Wichita. Uh, Chloe's going into protective custody. Protective. Uh, what, what do we say? Uh, yeah, witness protection. You know. Witness protection. It's almost like did they have uh, contract negotiations? Like who's coming back and who's not? <laughs> They're supposed to sign a contract for seven seasons. Okay, we oh, know wow. Tom Welling's coming back for seven seasons. Yes. Yeah. You know, we don't know if Jonathan, I mean, uh, uh, if John Glover will be a, a season regular next season. Yeah. We don't know if Chloe will be, you know, we don't know who's going to be a season regular and who may come back, you know, like you said, Pete can come back later. Yep. It, Whitney will be the star of the show next season Return from the Dead Um, Yeah, everybody is This is why this finale Ends up working after all the weird Kara business Yeah, Because of this Godfather ending As Lionel is getting his head shaved The Sullivans get Blowed up (laughs) Uh, Lex like chokes after drinking A glass of brandy and of course falls Through the obligatory glass coffee table (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan's unconscious on the floor of the cave. There's some sort of weird Kryptonian symbol that's scorched in the field in front of Martha. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Clark is just in, naked, fetal, in this void, in this Superman shield, pretty much. And Jarrell says, 
you know, my son, you shall be reborn. It's like, oh my god, what's happening? I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I think that's all I had to say about that. I Yeah, exactly. The, the whole Lindsay Harrison Kara stuff is kind of confusing and I don't know, you know, uh, it definitely works better for me than the Kawachi stuff. You know, when we get into Kryptonian stuff and Jarrell and what are Jarrell's motivations, I, it's definitely uh, more interesting to me than Naman and Sagith. Yeah. Well, Sagith is interesting because I don't know. I'm a sucker for prophecies. Yeah. You know, I like I like prophecies. I like knowing that it's fixed. Something is fixed, and we we're just expecting it to happen. And uh, you know, and of course, Lex is Sagith, uh-huh. but the whole Sagith could be. Lex thinks he is the hero of the story. That's just brilliant. Yeah, that's that's probably the best part of it. Yeah, it's just you know you you worry like. Like these, like Native Americans and their white savior. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little weird. I know. Almost anything you do with Native Americans, it's like, oh, that's so yeah. tacky. So, because for the longest time there were all these dramas about Native Americans, like, oh, the show that what was it, The Killing? Yeah. That ended up being about Native Americans. And then this Jason Momoa show. Um, that's about, you know, it's just like, how could you, you got to do it right. You can't right. do it condescendingly or, yeah, the white savior thing. Or, I mean, it was good that the, uh, prof- he was a professor. Uh, who Who's the girl's granddad? The, like, Indian chief. Oh, Joseph Willowbrook. Willowbrook, yeah, he's yeah. a professor. So, <laughs> so um, there's a couple of times this... that in that in that episode, I was like, that dude can turn into a wolf at any time. <laughs> they never yeah. comment on it. Yeah, we forgot all about that. <laughs> oh, also, I forgot to mention uh, uh, Jeremiah Coltslaw uh, has like he's like a teaching assistant with the biggest office for a teaching assistant you'd ever seen. <laughs> Yeah. And obviously they had to get an office that big so they could paint something that big on the, the, the blinds, but holy cow, he's got this gorgeous glass door that slides open. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, uh he said he's he's gonna be the, the, the leader of the Kawachi people. Like, yeah. Well you've already decided that? Like Yeah. Anyway, so what do you think is the episode of the week? I have to go with Covenant for that epic ending. You know. And I, I, I do love it, Adrian Palicki, and it's cool to see her in her first um her first role. So Yeah. I mean it was much better than What was the first I can't even remember what the Talisman first one was. Talisman. Talisman, yeah. And then there's Forsaken. Okay. Forsaken and then Covenant. Yeah, Covenant was if I had to rewatch an episode right now, I would rewatch Covenant. Okay. All right. So, um, but I just feel like it was just such a weak. I don't know. Just the the end of the season just was weak. It's not as explosive as the last couple have been. 
What was the yeah, second season that's... finale? That was, uh... Oh, God. I gotta crack That was the one where he, uh... That was the red red Krypton, and he... Because he oh, was yeah. upset that he caused, uh... Martha to lose the baby. And so he went to... That's right. The big, he blows up the ship. Yes. See, that was pretty big. Yeah. And, of course, the tornado of the first season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, that's been beaten yet, so... Um, so do you want to talk about the season a little bit? Sure. I've got your knockout counts here. <laughs> knockouts. Oh, God. There are two people that tied for the most knockouts. Six Jonathan knockouts. Jonathan and Lex. Oh, so close. She got Jonathan. Jonathan knocked out in Phoenix when he was knocked out by Morgan Edge's goon. Uh, he was hit by hail ba- hay bales and whisper when he was attacking Chloe. He had a heart attack and delete. Uh, they said, they say on this website, knocked out nice and legal on the operation table for a triple bypass. <laughs> <laughs> and like the very next episode, he gets clobbered over the head by Adam with a tire iron. And then, of course, in Covenant, he gets like strangled into unconsciousness by Jorel. No, um, the one that tied with him was Lana. Oh. Um, she was. Um, Knocked out by um, the guy in slumber when he injected her. <laughs> the the caretaker there, the uncle or whatever. Um, in Shattered, she gets knocked out by a horse. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. In Hereafter, the that coach chloroforms her and kidnaps her. Um, Obsession, she's like thrown by Alicia into a banister, and she's knocked out twice and forsaken. Um, in the talon and in the by the gas in the cage there. So. Oh yeah. Uh, I think one of my favorite things is uh, the next two that are the most knockouts is uh, Lex and Clark with five each, and it's really funny because Lex really wasn't knocked out much this this uh, season, but four out of the five knockouts that he has is in the episode Asylum. <laughs> he was tasered. He was knocked out by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He was drugged by some guards. And then he was electroshocked at the end. So he was knocked out four times in that episode. And then the fifth one is when he drinks that bad brandy <laughs> at the end of uh, the season finale. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody escaped the season without any knockouts. Uh, even Lionel had a knockout, had his first knockout of the, the series. And the episode shattered when he was pistol whipped by Lex. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, do you you want to do you have like an episode list in front of you? Do you want to mention like maybe your favorites of the season? Well, I was trying to go to IMDb to look at them, but then I lost you. So, uh, oh, are you still okay. there? Yes. Uh, okay. I think many people are using the uh, internet in this house now. Okay, okay. I season. Can read, I can read stuff off to you. If you season. Want. Season three. Yep. Okay. All right. What's the question? <laughs> like, what was like? You, you don't want to like sing a lot of favorite usually, but are there any ones you want to reflect back and say, "Oh, that was a great episode." Well, the premiere, of course, yeah. when Clark was under a uh, red, you know, wearing the red kryptonite. I love red kryptonite. Jonathan <laughs> love- Kent, son, you're coming home with me. Yes. The phone booth great scene. Fight. Yeah. Bank robbery. Oh, yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <clears throat> see a Michael McKeon as um, Perry White. Yeah, that was my next Perry. one too. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, did you like the '60s Relic? I I I got a lot out of that. Yeah, I I, I thought that was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Everybody loves Lana, even when she's not herself, when she's somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and the next big thing is the Lex Asylum, but you know the Shattered in Asylum. That was a that was that was great. Yep. And then we have Adam. what was Whisper? What was Whisper? <laughs> Whisper was Banshee Boy and uh, uh, Clark getting super hearing. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets glasses. I see you know, one of these pictures here. <laughs> Hereafter, I remember getting Hereafter, more out of it. That was, than I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, that was idea. good. <clears throat> Velocity. Uh, next uh, obsession. <laughs> obsession was great. Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Obsession was, is still my favorite. Yeah. I love Obsession. <laughs> I loved that so much. Oh, golly. Uh, you like Crisis, I remember. Last last time. Hold on. Let me get to Crisis to see what that is. That was the phone call crisis. from the future. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Uh, truth was good. Moria. Yeah. It's a good season. I think this is definitely one of my favorites. There's a lot of really good stuff in here. So. I just hope, you know, I just hate it when, you know, say Supernatural, when Eric Kripke left after uh-huh. season five and the show just totally changed and is not the show that you started out with. Uh-huh. But I know that these, you know, these are kids growing up, you know, they, they're they not 15, 16 anymore. Right. Uh, well. They, they have to become adults. Ellen <clears throat> Miles isn't le- aren't leaving yet. <laughs> they okay. eventually do, but um, not for a little while. I forget, actually, when they leave. Um, but, yeah, uh, I've got a couple of, I've got some teases for uh, uh, next season. Um, okay. Let me see if I can figure it out. Well, actually... Um, but I won't say anything. I think I just... I, I confused you last time by doing teases for the entire season. So this time I just did teases for the next four episodes, which are Crusade, Gone, Facade, and Devoted. And so my teases are Senior Year! <laughs> Uh-huh. Finally, these twenty-year-olds of twenty-something-year-olds will be in the last year of high school. These twenty-five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. I wrote the no flights rule is preserved from a certain point of view, <laughs> which is the classic Obi-Wan Kenobi excuse. Uh, someone shows up a little earlier than we expected. <laughs> yes, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Uh, I know a, exactly what you're talking about. Another movie cameo that makes me squee. Uh, <laughs> I, I know what that means. Uh-huh. A new cast member that'll look familiar to fans of the WB <laughs> and the CW, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Who's <laughs> still around? Uh, and uh, after many, 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 many seasons. Uh, well, I only have a couple couple more here. Uh, not really teases, but uh, it's funny. Allison Mack 
went to the 2004 San Diego Comic Con panel for Smallville and told everybody that Chloe was dead. <laughs> uh, you know, and nobody wanted to believe it, obviously. Um, and uh, I, I will tease you about something later in the season, but uh, it's kind of prevalent in the writer's room. There is a writer that you have mixed feelings about that joins Smallville. Oh, wow. Do, do, do. Uh, is it somebody? I think I think I know who you're talking about. Well, we just talked about him on Redemption we, Cast. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because my feelings about him uh, it, uh, clouded. Like, uh, yes, it affected uh, last week also. Yes, mm-hmm. and I realized um, things. I realized things about him. It's Stephen S. tonight, everybody. It's not really yeah. a big spoiler. I was like, but, you know what? I'm not crazy about Stephen S. tonight. But and it's I funny because. I think it might just be that he's not like a This is not a good fit for him I mean I'm sure he's a good writer And I know everybody loves Spartacus uh-huh. I couldn't get into I couldn't get into Spartacus I like into- what has been uh, uh, What I've seen so far of Spartacus I'm watching it along with Spartacast Which is which Will and Matt are taking their sweet time Going through Spartacus <laughs> Which is a fine pace for me Um <laughs> But yeah, he's not—he's not whimsical. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, not, he likes, uh, i think he likes to shake things up. Okay. I think he likes—I think he likes doing the uh, polarizing stuff, and he gets a kind of kick out of it. Um, but yeah, we were talking about an episode that he wrote and directed, and there is a, a Smallville episode in season four that he writes and directs. So oh wow! We'll, we'll see what you think. Okay. <laughs> not in these first four, but you know. All right. Well, wow. Season four. Yay. Sorry it took so long to get to it. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I it's okay. I'm re- ready to get back into it. Ready to watch uh, those episodes again. I originally uh, had us build for uh, three episodes to start the season, but I want to catch up to you as quickly as possible. So we'll do four and then four, and that'll be like a couple weeks at the end of uh, the season where we'll do three each. Okay. It's just the way it works out mathematically. But, yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, I guess that's it. Thank you for listening, the two or three of you that are listening. <laughs> and, uh... Somebody save me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.